be a champion. Ladies and gentlemen, here with Chad the Savage George, we're going to be discussing Fury versus Wilder 2 and the truth about head trauma. And a lot of people might be thinking, well, what does one have to do with the other? Well, I mean, if you watch the fight on Saturday night, it looks to me that Mark Breland, when he threw in that towel, may have saved Deontay Wilder from a lot of head trauma. And you know, Chad, as somebody who speaks a lot about confidence and, and self-belief, I think that plays into what we're going to talk about here. But uh, first off, you wanted to talk about head trauma. Yeah. Um, and how it impacted your career. Uh, we'll also talk about, you know, what happened in this Wilder fight. First of all, I mean, what were your impressions of the fight? I mean, as far as the fight goes, it was something that I had predicted and called even before it happened. You know, there's, in boxing, <clears throat> the better boxer usually always wins, right? And Wilder has this God-given power where God just said, hey, listen, I'm not going to teach you how to box. I'm not going to give you this gift of being able to actually be like a, like a, like a technical boxer, but I'm going to bless those hands and you are going to be able to knock every single person out. The problem is that in the heavyweight division, the talent pool is not as heavy as the other weight classes. And that goes across the board for all combat sports. And so when you got Wilder, who's this extreme athlete, and in general, guys that are in the heavyweight division, they're not real athletes. These are bigger guys that don't have the athletic ability as the people that are in the lower weight classes. You know, they have to work hard. And usually a lot of the heavyweights, if they really dieted, they really picked up the intensity of their cardio, they're probably going to drop down to the, the lower weight classes. But you've got this guy in Wilder who's this freak athlete, just shredded to the gills, is like as 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 specimened as can be, yeah. and he's knocking out everybody with just the the, the Midas touch in his um in his hands. And, and kind of to what you're saying, I mean, he's a blown up cruiserweight, right? Because I mean, he, he came in the last fight at 209 pounds, mm-hmm. and he's just you know he's uh, he's in the weight class where he knows he can knock out heavyweights, and I think it's because they're all like I said, they're not as athletic. Right. right. But then you've got this. This anomaly that is Tyson Fury. He dances around, he moves like he's almost a lightweight, and he's just got this belief in himself that is is second to none. I mean, he's been through every single adversity from drugs to being up at the top of the game to the bottom of the game. And then when they fought the first time, he did exactly what he said he was gonna do, and that was pick him apart until he basically died in the ring. And then he came back from the dead, like T was on, and he danced to the referee, and then the fight was over. He knew he could take Wilder's best shot, and he knew if he just went into this fight, and he's already felt the, the, the worst of it, if he just boxed again, he was going to just put on a clinic, and that's what happened. I called it. All these yeah. people that were saying Wilder was going to knock him out again. You know, there was those big shots. He landed a few of them, but it didn't even, didn't even affect Fury. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Fury was just beautiful. He ate the big shots. He danced around. He put the weight of a bigger guy on top of him. He gassed him out. I mean, and now Wilder is going around saying that, you know, his legs were tired because of the 40-pound suit oh, that he was wearing. Well, then here's the deal. Don't wear a 40-pound suit. That's such a ridiculous excuse. You know, you're going to use that excuse, but... You know, as a grappler, I know that heavier guys, when they weigh on top of you, yeah. it takes a lot of energy out of you. And if you watch what Fury was doing, every time they clinched, he put his arm around his head, he'd lay his weight on him, yeah, he yeah. put the weight up, so that way it gassed his, his legs. And it really showed as those rounds went on. But, you know, he was also, of course he was doing that, but he was also nailing the shit out of him, right? Hitting him to the head, hitting him to the body, dropped him a mm-hmm. couple times. Yeah. 
it probably should have been three knockouts. At one point, he kind of stumbled into the ropes, and the ropes kept him up, uh, or three knockdowns. But um, in that finishing sequence, and even before we get to the finishing sequence, you know, about the, the second or third round, he hit him with a left hook, right combination that dropped him. Yes. That was the first one that dropped him, kind of busted his ear, and mm -hmm. they were saying his equilibrium is off. So at that point, you know, second or third round, he's already getting touched to the cranium to the point where, you know, he's losing his balance. He's on Queer Street, you know. And then the punishment just, it, it just seemed to get worse and worse. And the finishing sequence, I kind of want to take you through it, Chad, uh, and, and get your opinions on it. You know, he gets him into the corner, corrals him into the corner, and just starts letting off right hands. Flicks the jab out there like a faint jab, cracks him with a right hand, cracks him with another right hand, goes to the body, and then the towel flies in. You know, and we're talking about head trauma here. <clears throat> you know, he, in my eyes, he's already hurt badly. Now he's in the corner helpless getting his skull bashed in, you know, by a guy that's 273 pounds. Whether you think he can hit or not, he's 273 pounds with an 85-inch reach. I mean, he's got some leverage on these punches. I mean, you as a coach, would you have done what Mark Breland did, throwing that towel? Or would you have let Wilder go out on his shield it's like a, It's said? a tough call, right? Because you know what your fighter wants, and that's to go out on the shield, meaning, like, let me go out on my own accord, but when they're taking punishment after punishment after punishment, and there is no, there is no response, there is no um, uh, give back to what's happening. You know, this was ended in the seventh round, yeah, right? Yeah. Eighth round wasn't going to change. It was only going to get worse. Ninth round, so forth. Fury was not slowing down. He was picking up. Yeah. And you saw from after that first knockdown, Walder's confidence was going down, down. Like I was even saying, oh my God, like Walder's about to quit. We are gonna hear. We're gonna see Wilder say, "I don't want anymore." Yeah. And he was saved by his corner. And I honestly, like, this is my opinion. People are gonna hate me for saying this. I think we were one within one round away of Wilder just saying, "I'm done." Wow. And so the fact that his corner did it for him it was almost like that was his ability to be like, "Why did you do it?" Yeah, yeah. Like now I can blame you because in my mind I was thinking about doing it myself. And when it comes to trauma, I mean, you saw his ear. It's never a good sign when you have blood coming out of your ear. You know, that is a that is a tall tale sign that something is going on on the inside. Yeah. You know, and it's dangerous, man. Like, people don't understand how dangerous this brain trauma is from impact, from shots. Uh, CTE is a, is a growing study from all combat sports and also any impact sports. You're talking wrestling, hockey, football, basketball, anything where there's... Um, any type of contact you know we're seeing more and more studies of what CTE really is and, and the effects that it's causing and I mean I have one of my amateurs that was supposed to be on on your event yeah. that we pulled off because of a concussion you know and so when you're at the top of the sport and you're seeing something like that with your athlete that you you even though he's the the heavyweight champion of the world like that is not a good sign you know we've had we last year we had more deaths in boxing than we have in any recorded year that yeah. I can I know of so when you're seeing that, you do not want to see your athlete die in the ring or even after the ring when you take him to the hospital because you wanted to let him go a little bit longer. Right. right. You know, and I'll tell you this. I have a lot of friends, you know, that over the years, it's not even that one fight. It's, it's the accumulation of what it does over time. Yeah. And, you know, being in combat sports for as long as I have, 
I've got a lot of friends that, you know, it really does impact on different ways. I've seen different things. You know, we've seen in sports where guys go off the deep end, they, they lose their shit. Yeah. And it's not that they become, you know, they're they're angry. It's literally the chemicals in the brain are it's like eating away. And, you know, I've, I've got my own experiences with things like this. And it wasn't until recently that I started paying attention to it. You know, there's, uh, what, like, I want to say a couple years back, I remember when I was sparring hard every day. Sparring hard every day. Bigger guys, didn't matter. Yeah, you know, I got knocked out a few times, you know, and it's just, you know, to me back then, it was like, okay, that's part of it. I'm a tough guy. I get knocked out, I get back up, I continue the round, right? That's dangerous, man. You get knocked out because your brain literally says, hey, boop, time out, time out. Yeah, yeah. You know, brain hit the skull. Uh, I need a break. <laughs> Time to take a break, right? You know, but right. if you don't have people, the right people around you to tell you that's not a good thing, you know, that's why they suspend you in a fight if you have taken any big shots, if you got TKO'd, if you got knocked out. Yeah. You know, there was a time of several years ago, I remember it scared the hell out of me. This one, was, like I said, when I was sparring was, uh, a lot, you know, I digressed off of it for a moment, but I remember I was trying to have a conversation with somebody, and there's a difference when you get tongue-tied. You know when you get tongue-tied, and you're like, blah, 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 yeah, and it comes yeah, out, yeah. right? And everybody kind of laughs, all like, oh, it's funny. But there was a specific moment and it's funny that I remember this because that's going to be what I get into next is that I remember saying a word and I said it properly but it came out something completely different and I stopped and I said it again like that was weird so I said it again and it came out the same way it came out mumbled and the person that I was saying it to looked at me and they were like, what was that? Like, what just happened? And I said, I don't know. And it scared me. It scared me because I wasn't being tongue-tied. It was something that my brain just had this, this lapse in being able to connect the the the, 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 uh, the, the, the sounds to make the words yeah, yeah, yeah. that I was trying to say. And that was my first experience with something that I knew was connected to punishment. Yeah. yeah. And now... The reason why I said I'm, I'm, I'm surprised I remember that is because um, one thing I've never really talked much about and, and I haven't been open about it is that, you know, I um, I suffer from extreme memory loss. Extreme memory. Like, I don't remember most of things that happened earlier in my career. I don't I, I, I don't remember any of my childhood, most of it. Wow. You know, there's uh, things that I, I, I look at my, my records and I see photos. And I can remember the moment of that photo because the photo's there. Any of the time leading up to it, around it, typically I don't remember. And it's, um, I try not to dwell on it because I can't change, you know, the past. I've, I've tried uh, doing all these therapy sessions on ways to work on my memory. I've taken supplements and it just, it's almost like those times don't exist. Wow, oh, that's horrible. So, I mean, you know, kind of looking at that thinking about that and thinking about the fight you know this is where i'm at you know i see deontay wilder out on his feet right and and you wanted to talk about head trauma and i'm happy to talk about it because i felt like when mark breland threw in that towel he was saving him from some i mean this guy was out on his feet he didn't look he didn't look like he was there really and then he gets into the corner and again it's a it's a 273 pound man teeing off on his head you know over and over and I said to myself if I was in the corner I would have thrown in the towel and a lot of fighters including I think Timothy Bradley even said so I mean maybe even Andre Ward they would have thrown the the towel earlier 
very possible. I mean, here's the thing: like when your athlete is not responding, right, and you're not seeing any form of of ability to be able to win this fight. Yeah. His legs were gone. His punches weren't doing any damage. And the only thing that was happening is he was receiving more punishment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you got to do your job, and it's tough. Like I've almost thrown the towel once, almost, and I had it in my hand. It was a championship kickboxing fight. Wow. And I was getting ready to throw it in, and actually, my athlete, my fighter, and I were on the same page. Yeah. He took a knee, and he stayed down. Wow. And I told him I was about ready to throw in the towel. Had you been in Wilder's coach's position, again, I'm putting you on the spot here, would you have thrown in the towel at that point? Or would you have let him try to you land know, that big I think right it hand? would be based on the conversation I'm able to have with Wilder in the corner. You know, I can't make that decision or judgment based on my perspective from the outside. So you'd wait for him to, to for the round to Private, end? Previous, previous rounds. Previous, okay. You know, I want to see where his head's at. I want to see if he's able to be corresponding with, with what I'm trying to ask him to do. Did he make any adjustments from the round previous? Like what kind of uh, um, things are he showing me that he can coherently, yeah, potentially yeah. even make something different happen the next round? But if round after round, he's not making adjustments, he's not listening to me, he's doing those things, I'm going to tell him, if you do not make it a, ch a change, I'm going to throw in the towel. No. So it really depends on the conversation that you're having in between rounds. You know, this entire fight, this entire series of fights between Fury and Wilder really plays in to the Savage Hour podcast yeah, and your inspiration, your motivation, because both of these guys have a level of self-belief that really, I mean, I haven't seen anything quite like it i mean even wilder like he was genuinely upset that the fight was stopped i mean he was ready to die out there it's it seems like it seems like and you also have the story of tyson fury like you said kind of hitting rock bottom and coming back up but the other confidence related issue and i wanted your comment on this is back to deontay wilder right because he's had this right hand that's pulled him out of the fire in every, I mean, in almost every single fight he's been in, he's down several rounds. In the last fight with Luis Ortiz, he was losing every round until he landed that right hand. I mean, how does that affect the fighter's mindset, uh, specifically with Deontay Wilder? And how is he going to recover from this guy who was able to get up from the right hand and now do this to him? You know, it's a good question because it comes down to Wilder, right? Is he willing to actually go back to the drawing board and learn the box? You know, he's got a lot of yes men around him. You know, you, you watch the way he holds pads, the way he hits pads, it's just power shot. Boom, boom, boom. Look at his footwork. Every fight's footwork's horrible. The guys, in my opinion, some of the worst footwork in boxing. But because he's got that hand, people can't do anything about it. He's gonna have to go back to the drawing board and we're gonna really see what kind of champion Wilder is after this. Remember, a champion isn't made after all the wins. A champion is made when you have to build yourself and rebuild yourself after the adversity hits. Mm -hmm. That's when we see what a real champion is. Exactly what Tyson Fury did. And he didn't even really lose in the ring. I mean, he got, but he did. The adversity he faced was, you know, the being off for three years because of drug addiction and, and alcohol abuse and, and obesity. But I would add, I mean, he's he's got an amazing self-belief because, and I say that because Despite coming back from three years out the ring and abusing his body and blowing up to 400 pounds, he comes back, in my eyes, beats Wilder. Yep, of course I thought so. And too. gets absolutely ripped off and then 
somehow has the wherewithal and, and the self-belief and the motivation to continue after that. I mean, what's, what's your opinion on, on that level of self -belief? I mean, yeah, like I said, that's the definition of a champion. A guy that hits for adversity, goes through life, he gets the hits, he gets the bumps, he picks himself up. I mean, and that's something that everybody can learn from. It doesn't matter how bad life hits you. Yeah. I mean, he was at that point where he was, you know, suicidal. You know, when we talk about depression, depression's real. You know, addiction is real. Life is going to be hard. It's going to be harsh. You know what I mean? Like, it's the way it is. But anybody can recover and become heavyweight champion. You know, and that's what we saw with Tyson Fury. I mean, look what he did, man. He, yeah, yeah. he, he came back, won the heavyweight world championship, and then... Encourage the entire MGM arena to sing a song with him afterwards. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. He is the definition of what a champion is. And it's not about not losing. It's not about never having adversity. It's what you do after it hits you. That's what it is. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens after Wilder. Yeah. You know, because the guys like that, that that are used to it being a certain way. You know, we did a, uh, I did a podcast uh, recently about fixed mindset and growth mindset. Right, right. We'll see if he has a growth mindset. You know, Wilder, almost 35 years old now. It's going to be tough. Took a hard, hard loss. Took a rough beating at this age against a guy that size. You know, first off, this is kind of a two-part question. Does he recover, do you think, or, or, or rather... Did he lose something? Did he leave something of himself, a part of himself in the ring that night? Is he going to come back the same? And the second part of the question is, at 35, is he going to be able to learn what he needs to learn to come back and beat Tyson Fury? <sighs> Tyson Fury is a tough challenge, you know, because here's what's going to happen. Once Wilder goes back to the drawing board and starts adding to his game, it's not that I don't think he can because he can't. You know, he can learn stuff. He's a phenomenal athlete. Athletes learn things at a much faster rate. Now, obviously, he does, he can't box. It's not like he can't box. I mean, he wouldn't have done what he is if he's just a power puncher. I mean, yeah. but that's what he relies on. Yeah. Here's what I think is going to be the difficult, uh, the most difficult part. He's going to go back to the drawing board, learn these basics, and now the one tool that has gotten him where he is is probably not going to be as prominent anymore in his game because it's not going to be as accessible once he starts adding more footwork. But... Maybe that's all he needs to be able to start knocking people out with other ways. Who knows? But it's going to be interesting to see how he balances back from this. If he puts his ego aside and realizes, I need to learn this, that an old dog can learn new tricks. Yeah. You know, but it's going to be tough because he's going to, I believe he's going to have to find a new camp. With the punishment he took in there. And that's going to be something different too, right? Because that's a whole new experience. 35 years old too, man. Like You know, it's going to take some time for him to recover if he allows himself. Yeah. You know, because he's not used to taking punishment. He's used to being the guy that gives it. Yeah. But that on that night, I'm sure he took enough punishment to where it's going to be, it's going to cause an effect. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's going to be interesting to see what the, the diagnosis is from it. You know, I'm, I'm curious to see what the bleeding was from. It looks like... He wants the rematch. He's already announced that he wants the he wants the third fight. There's no point. I want to see uh, Fury and Joshua. I agree with that. Two great athletes who can box. I mean, I think those are the two greatest heavyweights we've had in a very long time. Yeah. Because they can box. 
Josh, but I do think Joshua, um, I don't think he can handle Fury. I agree with you on you know, that. Um, Joshua has a problem with guys that, that come after him. And it's because he can outbox him. Yeah. And most guys aren't used to somebody that can outbox him. And I think Fury can outbox him. I think Fury can get in. I don't think Joshua can actually handle somebody that size, that fast, that can um, take it and give it back. It's crazy. It's like the guy, I mean, really, when you look at Fury, I mean, he doesn't really have a weakness, does he? He gets hit. He doesn't get tired. It's just you're going to have to outbox him. You're going to have to outpoint him. Clearly, he can take a shot. I mean, uh, Wilder damn near killed him, and he just rose from the grave. You know, it was like an undertaker. One thing that <clears throat> that I noticed was Wilder coming in 20 pounds heavier is something I wanted to talk to you about. He was about 20 pounds heavier. And him had, or the suit? Well, <laughs> the suit was 40. <laughs> but um, so... One thing that I that I came away with when I saw him come come in heavier was well that probably means he wants to get the knockout. He's adding weight to try to yes. get the knockout. But so so it was that a reflection of his lack of confidence? Because if he felt like he actually got the win the first time, why would he make such a drastic yeah, change? I don't know. That, I think you know if I say anything, it's all speculation. Yeah. You know, without me going into it, you know, maybe he picked up a new regimen for strength. I, I don't know. So I can't really comment on that because I don't really have anything. And if I say, oh, it's because of this, I, it would be me just kind of guessing. And I, I don't think that in this situation, it's it's the right thing. Where does he go now? Because you said you'd rather, and I agree thousand percent. I'd rather see Fury fight Joshua. There's, I don't think, I don't think Wilder can beat Fury any. No, really, he he, he got can't. outboxed for. Um, 16, 17 yeah. rounds. And he got mauled at the end of it and, and knocked and finished, basically. Who does he go after next? I mean, would you would you recommend him to go after someone else? I, mean, who, I want to see Fury Joshua. That's yeah. the fight. But I mean Wilder. I don't know. You know, I think yeah. it really comes down to what Wilder does next. Yeah. Uh, right now, I, 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 as a coach and as a, as a fan, I would like Wilder to get his head figured out to figure, you know, see what's going on, get an MRI, get a CAT scan. You know, and let, let's look. Let's do the safety measures because uh, it's dangerous, man. Like going through like what I go through, and again, this is something that I've been very, um, fairly candid with. You know, the people closest to me know about it. Yeah. My, my wife knows about it. You know, my family knows about it. It's um, it's scary, man. Like it's. Besides the fact that you don't remember, you're saying like a lot of your, I mean, I'm sorry, but you know, that's, that's crazy to me that you don't remember a lot of your childhood and, and the early part of your career as well, you said? Yeah, I was just talking to somebody the other day, like when my documentary Occupation Fighter came out, okay. uh, I had dinner last night with the, uh, the director of it and um, we were talking about the whole experience in Colorado, filming in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, yeah, we were literally talking about it. And it was, I almost wanted to cry because I don't remember it. Wow, man. Wow. Like, I remember the stuff that's in the film. Yeah. But I actually don't remember any of the, the actual things around it. Like, I couldn't tell you any instances that were not in that film. Is this still happening to you? Like, yeah. where you're forgetting things or... And is Nine it, out of ten times. I mean, you could say I'm just busy. You know, you could chalk it up that I just I have a scatterbrain. But I mean, I'm very diligent with my note taking and, and marking. That's part of part of the reason why I am as well. You know, I do my planning and all my things like that because I know what happens if I don't. I need it in front of me 
or I will, I will forget and I will lose it. You know, like every restaurant I go to sucks. It's happened like three times this week where I leave my credit card at the restaurant. Oh man. Like, I'm always getting, and I, I remember the other day I walked in there and I was like, did I leave my credit card? And I looked in, I pulled up the thing, I was like, okay. I put it down, I walked out to my car and the lady from the restaurant comes running out with my credit card. Like. Wow. When did you begin to notice this was happening? Um, I, I've noticed it for a few years now, but I think that it's becoming more prominent as far as like I'm realizing that it's not getting better. It's not going to be something that's going to go away. This is something that um, I, I, it's, it, I've almost got to accept. And it sucks, man, because I've got a lot of my friends that I'm fortunate enough in, in a way that... I don't have it as bad in, in some areas. Yeah. You know, I've got one of my friends that's working with the whole concussion foundation and you know, they're working with those and it sucks because this this is a sport that I love. Yeah. Like I love this sport and I'm never gonna walk away from it. It's not like I'm gonna tell people not to spar. But it's 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 like a catch twenty two, right? Because I know what comes from sparring but I also know what happens if you don't spar when you do this sport because this sport allowed me to find who I am. It allowed me to become who I am. It allowed me to have this career. It allowed me to have this life. But it also came with its baggage. That's crazy to me, man. Like, I didn't know how serious this was, you know? I mean, once in a while you touch on it, but, you know, you're telling me you're forgetting your credit card several times now. How many times? It's happened twice this week. Wow, wow. This and, yeah, today's Wednesday. Is there Tuesday. any day? <laughs> is there any other way that you feel like this is manifesting that that you know it shouldn't be? What do you mean? Like, is there any other form of I guess or symptom that you're seeing that you're noticing that you feel like you shouldn't notice or, or wouldn't um, happen unless you took all these shots to the head? No, like right now, I, mean, I don't really have the bad. I don't have the anger issues. I don't have you know where some guys do. Um, I, I do get I do get nauseous a lot, you know. It's like uh, for no reason I, I'll 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 have um, like intermittent nausea or for kind of no reason. I, and I and I don't spar anymore. Like I might mess around with the guys a little bit here and there, but all I do is jitsu. I don't spar anymore. Yeah. You know because if I if I I'm, I'm too afraid of of adding to it when there's no need to. Yeah. And I love spar. I love moving around. To me, it's 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 part of it. Like this is what I've done for so long. This is what I know, and I enjoy it. But I've got a kid coming. You know, like my, my my child needs me. My wife needs me. My family needs me. My students need me. Have you had this checked out? I have. I have. I've seen. I've seen doctors. I've you know, and it's it's just one of those things that it's like. Unfortunately, it comes with trauma. Yeah. Did they tell you? I mean. The things that you're experiencing are consistent with, you know, the fighting. It, so, like a lot of things that I have are consistent with, like, um, like concussions, right? Concussion syndromes. Uh, the problem is, like, so, like, when you get a concussion, all these symptoms happen and then they go away. Yeah. I still have symptoms that just never See. go away. And do they tell you if it's gonna get worse? If it could potentially they don't know. get better? That's what the studies are doing now. Yeah, this whole yeah. CTE stuff, man. They're doing all these studies, and uh, they're trying to do, do case studies where they say, okay, this is happening in this in this area. This is happening in this area. Let's start studying this stuff, and you know, see what kind of the extremes are. What, what can we do to help modify this? What can we do to modify that? Yeah. And um, I think the awareness is where it starts. 
you know, because I, I can really understand that that's where the depression sits in. That's where guys start getting sick. That's where guys start not knowing how to handle it. What do we do about this without without killing the sport? How do we how do we fix this if, if there's any way to? I think to... the way to fix it is being smart with the way people spar. Being smart with um, the, the contact people take. If people take a big shot in training, then their coaches have to let them know, like, you need to take some time off because there's swelling in the brain. Yeah. You know, just like like when you when you get swelling in your knee, you're like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a it's a little bit of time off from running, right? Right. right we right. need to do that with our brain. Right. You know, we take a big shot. You know, these guys that are uh, getting knocked out in fights take some time. Yeah. You know, it's about being smart with the way you do things and wearing proper gloves, proper thing. You know, people say, oh, well, I need to wear headgear. Headgear really doesn't doesn't save you from impact. Yeah. It actually, I, I believe it contributes to it wow. because there's two impacts, right? You're, if you're taking the shot from below, boom, one. And then when the brain rattles, it's going to hit because your head bounces off the headgear. Wow. So it's got the double impact. I see. I see. You know, so, um, but what it does, the headgear to me, it prevents headbutts. It prevents things that are going to get you cut I see. in training. I see. This is uh, interesting, but also, you know, obviously a little bit sad. It is, you know, but it's... Um, it's the awareness that people need to understand. Yeah, yeah. You know, people think that because you see somebody on TV or on the internet and they're always smiling and that they're always appearing a certain way and their life is so good, you don't know what's going on behind scenes. As soon as the camera turns off, there's a different story. It's a different um, dialogue. I wanted to say, you know, a lot of people kind of make made light of it and thought it was a ridiculous excuse, Deontay Wilder's sort of costume uh, excuse, you know, the costume weighed 40 pounds. It, it basically ruined my legs for the fight and stuff like that. But I was thinking to myself, somebody who made that excuse, you know, maybe he's not in his right mind yet, right? Or, you know, the other thing, and this kind of plays into this channel as well, and, and the things you talk about is maybe Deontay Wilder's so used to getting his way, like you said, he's so used to winning. That his brain, just because of his confidence, you know, he just cannot accept. Well, that's what I was saying. I think he was getting ready to say, I'm done. Yeah. And so now he was able to find two excuses. Number one, it was my coach. And then number two, it was the suit. Yeah. You know, so now we're going to see after this, you know, what, what happens with him psychologically as a fighter and as a champion to see how he balances yeah. back. But uh, I think the biggest thing that his camp needs to do, and even himself, is to figure out what's going on with that bleeding because, I mean, that was a um, scary moment. Yeah, yeah. Chad George, fantastic as usual. Anything you want to say uh, as a parting shot? Um, you know, trauma to the head is real. The brain is real. We have only one brain, and then when it gets damaged, there is no returning to it. Um, my hope is that the awareness continues to keep growing in combat sports and in contact sports that if you see somebody that is struggling help them. find a ways to actually help them as much as you can there's hotlines that are out there there's organizations that are trying to help um, and you know just because people appear to be happy all the time you know if they're an athlete and they have things going on there might be something on the other scene so look into it don't think you know just surface value and if we come together and try to help each other through these times because as an athlete that's been at the top for so long when the, the darkness is pulled over us we do go into a very dark place and I, I've been in those dark places as a lot of uh, athletes have and 
You know, it's it's a very scary place to be, and especially when things aren't the way they used to be anymore, and you're not having the same way of looking at life anymore. And when you get into the trauma, it's very hard for you to ever even come back into a positive way of mindset. So I would like everybody to just look at the people around you. If you see people that seem like they're struggling, don't don't point the finger. Like, see what you can do to help. Gotcha. Chad George, thank you so much. Bro. Hey, guys. If you like this episode, follow the podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel.